You're listening to season five of Technically 200, a podcast featuring the stories of Black and Latina women breaking barriers in STEM fields, all while paving the way for the next generation. Tune in weekly to hear from our amazing guests to learn more about STEM fields, how they've navigated these fields as women of color, and about their many contributions to the overall world of STEM. On today's episode, we'll be speaking with Natalie Garcia, Managing Director at Deer Pass. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Hi, Amber. I'm great. Thanks so much for having me on. Thanks so much for coming. So you've been in the financial services industry for nearly 20 years, touching many areas of finance, including investment banking, private equity, and credit. But you're currently a managing director at DeerPath. Can you tell us more about DeerPath and what you do as a managing director? Yes, of course. My role today is managing director and head of underwriting at DeerPath, which is a direct lending fund. It may be helpful for the audience if I take a step back So the investment management world, just generally speaking, is when individuals who specialize in multiple different kind of investment strategies manage money for either other individuals, groups of people, or for larger institutions. And some of these institutions may be your university endowment or the pension fund of city or state employees, as as some examples. So within that larger investment management category, you get into different types of investments, and some are in the public markets and some are in the private markets. I work for a private credit fund that raises money from these investor groups and we, you know, we quote invested by issuing loans. We are not a bank that makes loans based on deposits, rather we raise money from investors and we make loans. Um, And from the perspective of the individual investor or institutions, you would look to a private credit fund for multiple reasons. One is diversification of investments. One is investments in the overall debt asset class. Um, Den credit is the senior portion of the capital structure, so you may be looking for safety, and it's also secured by collateral. And importantly, if you are an investor in credit, you receive current income on a monthly basis from interest payments that the borrowers make. So what the direct lending fund that I work for focuses on what we call lower middle market businesses. So we effectively lend money to high quality, everyday, privately owned businesses that have revenues north of $30 million. And in order to get comfort making any underlying loan to a business, you have to perform diligence on it to make sure that the borrower will be able to make its interest payments and ultimately pay off the debt. This diligence process takes a while since there are many aspects of the business you need to get comfortable with. Just as an example, you need to get comfortable with the management team. Who are the owners of the company? Who are the customers? What is the typical revenue model? model? And how has this company performed in recessions and in during COVID, you know, think questions like that, that you need a diligence just to make sure that this is a borrower that will be, that will be able to serve as its debt. Um, so you are effectively evaluating the risk of a loan to see if your, the return that you will get on the loan in the form of interest payments is worth the risk. This level of work is very important to management and is housed within the underwriting team. So that I was trying to, to frame what underwriting meant. Um, It's probably a term that I assume most of the listeners don't use on a daily basis. So as a managing director at DeerPath, I head up the underwriting team of approximately 10 individuals. And together, we do all the research, ask questions, and stress test the quality of a business and make a recommendation on whether or not we should lend to that company and how much we should lend. You know, we also do, and we also are in charge of all the legal documentation to make sure that everything is properly documented for our loans. Um, so that, that should answer what I do as a managing director at DeerPath. I oversee the underwriting portfolio and I am in the investment. 
So you said that DeerPath works with lower middle market companies. Can you give us some examples? Yes, of course. So these are small and medium-sized businesses. They are not the Apples or the Twitters or these, you know, mega billion, trillion dollar companies. These are more the everyday company that you see in your neighborhood. Um, some some very simple examples are um, your doctor practice. So if you go to a primary care doctor that may have multiple locations, you, that would be one of the borrowers. Um, you know, other examples are consumer business services. So think about the company that repairs your air conditioning or your heat when it breaks down. Think about the landscaping company that works with your homeowners association to make sure that the, the grass is cut and that it's all maintained. Um, another example would be IT managed services. So the outsourced IT companies, company, um, that's an example of if you're a small and medium sized everyday mom and pop business, you probably don't have a de dedicated IT person on staff, but you need somebody to help you with your IT needs. So that outsourced IT company would be a client of ours. Um, we do a lot in the education space. So a, an example would be a tutoring company or an SAT prep company that has multiple locations. Uh, we do focus on small and medium-sized businesses. So it's typically um, not the large corporations, but it is companies that have you know multiple years of operating history and typically multiple locations as well. Are there any specific industries that DeerPath focuses on? Yes. So within debt financing, you could um, do what is called an asset-based loan or a cash flow-based loan. Um, we are in the cash flow-based loan uh, category, and that usually means that you our borrowers are not companies that have heavy amounts of machinery, heavy amounts in inventory um, or equipment. Um, it's typically service businesses. So you, if you think about the examples that I gave, you know, physician practices, it's, it's a group of doctors. Um, if you think about the business services, it's a group of individuals for landscaping companies that are going and cutting, cutting the, the grass. Um, or if you think about the, the air conditioning repair companies, you know, it's, it's, it's all people intensive business, tutoring, et cetera. It's not companies, again, that have a ton of real estate, a ton of machinery and a ton of equipment. There's a different sector of, of debt financing that focuses on that, on those areas. Um, but where I work, we are industry agnostic, but we do focus on what's called cash flow based loans. So it's typically service businesses. Okay. So you brought up debt financing and I actually was having a conversation with someone about de uh, debt financing and I've never really heard of it before. Can you explain to our listeners what debt financing is and, and more about it? Yeah, that's a great question. Debt financing is when you use a loan or it has a maturity date by when it needs to be repaid and required interest or principal payments. So think about your credit card. You have to pay down the balance or you have to pay interest on it. Um, in your everyday life, debt financing is very common. Some of the typical examples for individuals and that may be applicable to the audience are student loans to help pay for college, um, a mortgage to purchase your house. Um, in the corporate or business setting, it's a loan to a company that should be applied to a specific need. Um, and some of those needs for debt financing are, are growth and financing everyday operations. Okay. So why, why would something like debt financing be important to uh, a small or medium-sized business? I'm, I'm sure you've heard the expression, you need money to make money. 
Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so debt financing helps there. Debt financing are growth, and that can be an acquisition. So you work for a company and you want to buy another company. Uh, you could have debt financing to help finance the purchase of, of that other company, similar to how you would use debt financing to finance a, and a mortgage to finance a house. Um, another area of growth is just expansion. So if your company uh, wants to open new locations, you can use debt financing for that. So maybe you are a tutoring program that has five in-person locations in Austin and there's demand in Dallas and Houston. You already know that it exists and you can make more money if you open in those locations. Uh, debt financing is a way to help patients and find up finances opening costs. And then also debt financing is helpful for your everyday business operation. So if you're a doctor practice and you need to buy medical supplies upfront for services that you're gonna perform later, you can use debt financing to purchase those services. Or if you're a type of company that manufactures a product, you need to purchase all the inputs in advance that will later be used uh, to manufacture products. So you can use debt financing upfront um, to, to buy all the inputs because you're not going to get paid for them until later. So you can help bridge that daily operational financing into the business. Yeah. And then debt financing is important because it, it, it does help address a lot of an owner's everyday business needs. It's a way to get access to cash that will help you uh, improve, your, improve and grow your business. Um, one other critical aspect to debt financing is that if you're the owner of the business, you do not need to give up control of the company with debt financing. Debt is different than equity. If you, may, if you raise money through equity, you have to give up some ownership of the company, the, the equity of the company. Um, if you finance with debt, you do not need to give up equity ownership. You need to be careful, of course, with the amount of debt financing you take on. You need to make sure that you can make your interest payments and repay the loan. You don't want to take on more debt than you can afford because that can result in penalties. Your lender could take over the assets of the business. You don't want to be at risk of that. But when used in moderation, it's very, very common for companies to use debt financing for these everyday growth needs um, and operational needs. The simplest example of one of these bad scenarios is if you have a mortgage to buy a house that's too expensive and you can't make the payments, the mortgage company would then have to look to taking over the house to get repaid because they helped finance your purchase of a house. So that's where you want to be careful with debt financing. The majority of Americans are to purchase homes. It's very common and it's accessible form of financing. Um, but again, you need to be careful to size the financing appropriately. You know, the, the, the amount of the debt that you're borrowing is manageable and it's comfortably managed. Um, overall, debt is a very attractive financing category if it's sized appropriately so the borrower can comfortably make the payments, even if, if things go bad for a little bit of time. Um, and that's, you know, that was the example that I used on the mortgage. You, you know, you want to make sure that you have a safety net or that your interest payments aren't so high that God forbid you have an out of work period of three months, you can still, you know, make the payments on your house and you're not at risk of losing your house. Those are things that you need to consider individually for mortgages and student loans. And then more broadly for companies, they need to make sure that they can, you know, pay the interest on their loans. So this sounds like, a really interesting field. And so if there's a young lady listening right now that's inspired by your background, how could they end up in something like investment management um, or credit or private equity? 
Yeah. So there's many avenues to getting into financial services overall and investment management. You know, I would first start by suggesting taking some finance classes to understand the multiple areas of investment management or financial services. And, you know, maybe start thinking about how, how do you evaluate an investment and whether it's a good investment in, in, any, in your everyday life. Um, second, I would encourage the typical tools that you would use to get into any industry. Um, networking, mentoring, and utilizing programs that help you get exposed to the area. There are multiple wonderful programs like Hotel College that specifically focus on the financial services industry. I participated in several of those and they were very instrumental in me getting to where I am today. I am a proud alum of SEO, Sponsors for Educational Opportunity. I participated in that program when I was in college and it helped me get my first internship at J.P. Morgan. Um, I participated in MLT, which is called Management Leadership for Tomorrow. That was a very important program to help me get accepted uh, to Wharton, which is a school that that is very strong in finance. Um, and they helped me during my MBA process. And then I also participated in the Robert Twigo Foundation program. And they were really instrumental in helping me get prepared for a private equity job. Um, I will say that finance can be a, or historically has been a male-dominated field. There are certain sectors of finance that have more women present. Um, so I think it is important for women to, you know, take, take, uh, learn from these programs and learn from other people in the field. And it is getting a lot of positive thing is that the financial services sector overall is really focused on growing their female population. I am currently um, in charge of hiring for my team. Um, and I would love to have a female on my team. Uh, it's, it's an important focus of mine. Um, so if you're new to financial services, I would reach out, uh, to somebody, you know, who's in investment management and also ask them for questions and for guidance. Um, there are many areas of finance that require different skill sets and that work different hours. So you should also think about what are your strengths and what are your interests and, you know, what kind of work life balance do you want? And then another piece, another piece of advice, and this is generally for finance or any industry. Is hard work and being well-prepared is a top priority for any employer, regardless of age, gender, diversity. It's if you, hard work will pay off and that's how you will shine. So just to make sure that all your interactions that you're very buttoned up and you're very well-prepared. And then I would also just say, um, you know, be, be strong. And, and if, if you have a bad interaction in, in any industry um, where you might be overwhelmed, where you might feel like, oh, this is, this feels like a lie. Um, you know, pick yourself up and try again. I have been <laughs> rejecting so many times in my career. <laughs> and, um, you know, and I think I'm, I'm doing pretty well right now. So I will say uh, be resilient. And if you want to be in financial services, no doubt you will succeed. Um, but, you know, stick to the plan. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. Thanks for sharing um, how to, you know, break into the field of investment management or financial services in general, and for plugging all those amazing programs. I think that's going to be really important and vital for um, any of our young ladies that are listening and that are interested in this field. But overall, thank you so much for teaching us more. And this was super informative. Thank you so much for having me on, Amber. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Technically 200. Don't forget to subscribe and visit us at technically200.com. See you at our next episode.